Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit contractproperties.net. The 3HL, powered by the Tennessee Lottery, with Brent Doherty and Don Davenport. Powered by the Tennessee Lottery on 104.5 The Zone. Hour number three. Brent Doherty, Don Davenport with you. Coming up at 5.15, the gas bag himself. Buck rising at 5.15 from A to Z Sports, and uh, he will pontificate on uh, what this loss means in the greater scheme of things and uh, kind of tie tie the three AFC North losses together. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll get with Buck about that right now. Our take on this, uh, that was inexcusable, Don Davenport. That was absolutely hideous. That was a waste of everyone's time, and we'll never get that hour and a half back. Embarrassing. And you say hour and a half because you quit watching at halftime, right? Because it was no, over. But, no, I didn't because I took the Titans minus seven and a half at halftime to try to make up for the money I lost in the, in the game. <laughs> Good for you. So I was all in. And honestly, I don't know how you did that. What, how did you do that? There is no way in hell I would have taken the Titans in the second half because I would have thought that they could not do anything. I would not have trusted them to, to be able to take care of that in the second half. Because at that point. Te- teams under Mike Vrabel fight. Teams under Mike Vrabel fight. So I figured that Tannehill would throw the ball over the field and that mm-hmm. Cleveland would be sitting back in like a cover two or something like that. And I thought Cleveland would probably run the ball trying to get out of there. And, and that surely A.J. Brown wouldn't uh, wouldn't lose the football any more than he already yeah. had. Yeah, well, he did, but Michael Pruitt was there and, <laughs> and he was able to get in. Um, so that was my yeah. thinking. But but honestly, though, and this this sounds crazy, but it's true. There's a song in there somewhere. If Adam Humphreys catches that ball inside the 10-yard line, you're looking at a chance to go to 41-28 into the fourth quarter. And at that point, you're down two scores, having come from 38-7 down. And I, I would think that there would be some clinched buttocks over on that Cleveland sideline, but he didn't. It hit him in the freaking helmet, bounced up in the air, and it was intercepted, and that was it. The guy's just coming off a concussion and concussion. Well, protocol. he might have gotten another one because that ball was thrown hard. You might need to check him out. <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that, you that was could... a. That was a hideous performance, and and you just never see where these performances come, but they come every so often. It's crazy. That's what I I was talking about it because we you know we've kind of we kind of thought okay how how do you describe this Titans team like where are you with this Titans team what define them right how do you define this Titans team and so I just sat and kind of thought about it I'm like I feel like I'm on just this freaking roller coaster ride every single week because what team are you going to get? Are you going to get the team that took care of the Colts and took care of the Ravens and, and played decent against Lamar Jackson and Phillip rivers, or are you going to get the one that just made Baker Mayfield look like a freaking hall of famer? You know, I, I, I can't get the image of Baker Mayfield running down the field, high stepping with his back arched, looking like the, 
the pride of the Southland band drum major, it just irritates <gasps> I, the crap out of me. Oh, that's such a great comparison. I was waiting for him to plant the flag in the middle of the field, you know? If he um, had one, he would have done it. Oh, he absolutely would have done it with that <laughs> performance. 334 yards, come on. Man, you know, there was a throwing a party in his house with the turkey fryer and everything. Uh, no doubt. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I will say this. I, props to the Titans team for coming back out for the second half and, uh, and, and turning in a heck of an effort and performance because I told you I went and got a Christmas tree. I was done. I'm peace. First oh, half. Spe- I'm speaking out. of that, somebody, uh, you mentioned that earlier. Somebody asked, real or fake? Oh, so I went real. It was a battle this year. I went real this year. Um, and then why was, I figured why was it a why was it a battle, Babs? Because because here's the deal. Now I have a baby, and I found that time is a lot harder to find when you have little one this or little true. ones. And so uh, you know, like putting on the lights on a real tree and doing all that, man, it sure might be easier to just buy an artificial one and the lights are already on it and you just prop the dang thing up and you don't have to water it, worry about it. And you don't have to put it on the top of your car, which by the way, apparently wherever I bought my tree this year, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to call them out on air, but they stopped tying them to the top of the car for you because, you know, somebody didn't do it properly and it fell off. And then that person sued this place. And so now they don't help anybody. Oh, so annoying. Anyway, we live so in a litigious society. Donna I know. I hate it. I hate it. Like <laughs> hey, your tree fell off your car. Get over it. Don't go sue somebody for it. Yeah. yeah just goodness. pick up the tree. And anyway, keep so I figure I'll go artificial on the 26th and get it like half price. And then I'm done oh, for okay. the next, you know, seven years. I didn't want to pay full price for it. Those things are expensive. Who knew trees were so dang expensive they are expensive and it won't last seven years because like three years in like some of the lights won't work and you and you will not be able to find which one it is so you'll just buy a whole new tree oh that'll happen that'll happen good to know that's good to know so yeah so i went real tree this year um anyway so so back to the titans and the (laughs) and this game jeff on twitter at brent doherty just asked at don davenport tn real or fake see now that's not gonna look right on twitter (laughs) christmas trees jeff real 100 percent real folks keeping it real until until the 26th evidently <laughs> that's right it's a christmas present all right so Late yeah titans. Christmas present. so what do the titans do with the? so my argument is looking from the positive side of this is that that game really didn't matter because you bought yourself some space with that indianapolis win so even with the debacle that was um, and Houston almost got Indy, which would have just completely canceled it out. But uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, like the snap hit him in the leg or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know. Very de- on on brand 2020 for the Texans, you mean? Yes. There was a lot of weird things happening in the, in the league this weekend. Um, and apparently still going on because there's a game that you can't watch unless you have a specific channel. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, an NFL game you can't watch. It's weird. But uh, anyway, so Shouldn't now happen, all, all you have to do is go do what you should do, and that's beat Jacksonville and beat Detroit, and you're ten and four with two games to play, right? Like so, you're that game to me didn't matter. Like just move on, wipe it clean. the The problem is though 
the, that I I told you all off season. The thought in that building was they were they were a pass rush away from winning the Super Bowl. So they go out and get Vic Beasley and Jadavion Clowney, and neither one of those guys is there. So so heading like I I think what we learned if and for those that didn't already know is that they're not winning the Super Bowl. Now you still play it out, and maybe you get lucky, and somebody has an injury, and maybe Patrick Mahomes can't play the AFC Championship game, and 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 I don't know. Weird things happen, uh, but it's going to take weird things happen because that pass defense is awful. Baker Mayfield dropped back thirty-five times. He was pressured three times. He was hit once. And I once. I couldn't even if you would have said he was not hit at all, I I would have said yeah, no, he wasn't. Like I don't even remember who got to him. Do, who got to it? Do you? No, I don't remember. No. Um, no. What, what is it with this defense? Why can they not string a, even a decent performance together? I don't know. I mean, what, what, what it's it? going to take in the playoffs is going to be bad weather and games where they can just control the clock with, with Derrick Henry in that play-action game and keep the opposing offense off the field because they can't defend. I mean, they have moments where they play well, but they have way too many just long stretches of drives where they can't get off the field on third down. They can't defend the forward pass ever, um, and and it's hard. It's it's tough. But you know, having having said that, I mean, I think this team's going to break. We were talking about this last week. You know, what do you think the record will eventually be? And I I, I thought eleven and five, just kind of playing it, playing it. Uh, close to the vest and that that was thinking they would win the cleveland game so uh i still think they can get there i don't like the packer matchup i don't like aaron Rodgers against that secondary like i told you last week uh but especially not after seeing what baker just did to him right and by week 17 uh well i don't even know what week it is in a normal season it would be week 17 you know maybe deshaun watson didn't even plan in that last game because houston will have nothing to play for I, i don't know um but, you know, they control the tiebreaker currently, so they're still in good position. But, you know, they still don't have the pass rush. I mean, it's I was, the same thing as last year. And and how do you feel about this team right now after watching that game on Sunday? Well, I think they're a really good team, but I just don't think they can win the Super Bowl. I, they didn't look like a really good team on Sunday. I, I no, guess you but they your, did the two you previous pull your posi- <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're you bipolar. They are. You can pull your positive of um, Corey Davis had a game. Unbelievable. Certainly has has progressed and stepped in into a a nice role. Um, Honestly, what you kind of expected Corey Davis to be when they drafted him, and we're finally seeing that. Let's let's get more into it and get uh, get another take. We'll add another take into the mix. Buck Rising from A to Z Sports is next. Three HL one zero four five the zone. Powered by the Tennessee Lottery on 104.5 The Zone. We just got a little feistier. We're adding Buck Rising to the mix now from A to Z Sports. Buck, what's up? How are you? Hello, friends. I've missed you so much. You guys have been ducking me for a couple weeks, it feels like. But now we're back and we're better than ever. Appreciate you uh, filling in on Thursday. You and Nick Kale and Andy Wells did a great job. We appreciate that. Um, What was your thinking as you were watching Baker Mayfield uh, running down, high stepping down the field with an arched back, looking like a drum major after a seventy-five yard <laughs> touchdown pass. 
Uh, I was thinking that I'd spent the entire week calling this man a fraud, and the only thing more fraudulent <laughs> was the Tennessee Titans defense. That's what I was thinking. Did he come at you like Stephen A. Smith? <laughs> no, because I'm slightly, uh, I'm slightly less high profile than Stephen A. Smith, but uh, none, no less a detractor of Baker Mayfield because I still don't think he's any damn good. I just think that the Titans were worse yesterday, substantially so, in a way that we really have not seen since Cincinnati. But that was very, very reminiscent of the other two losses that they took to AFC North teams this year. What is it with this team? The up and the down. I said, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. It's like a, you're in like a, it's like a relationship, like early on where you think everything's going great. And then all of a sudden you, you get a post-it note and, and it's over, you know, like you just feel like it's that big roller coaster of, you don't know what's going on. Um, so what is it with this team and specifically this defense? I didn't realize I'd get relationship PTSD out of this uh, Tennessee Titans analysis, no. yet here we are. Uh, I would say to you, although I've never been broken up with via post-it number. Uh, variety, oh, yeah, otherwise. no. That's, that's, um, a, that's a thing. That's a known story. If you listen to 3HL, you've heard it. That happened to Dawn. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I would say to you that uh, the problems that manifested, manifested themselves yesterday were not new ones, right? The secondary looked more like the secondary that we had seen at the beginning of the year. The inability to get pressure on the quarterback, still a big problem. It looks a lot different when your starting left tackle is not out and your the rest of your offensive line is filled with a bunch of people um, who I can't use any of those words on terrestrial radio, so I would say are very, very tough and like to push people around. Um, I would say also that we are like, like Delaney Walker after they knocked the hell out of the Browns last year in the season opener, the Tennessee Titans of 2020 are who we thought they were. They're a very talented offensive football team with very, very clear and obvious defensive deficiencies and really not a clear and obvious path to fixing those clear and uh, obvious deficiencies because we don't know what's happening with the Dory Jackson. Jadavion Clowney is probably done for the year, even though Mike Vrabel wouldn't so much as confirm that to us yesterday on Zoom. And you can only do so much with Tuzar Skipper and Derek Roberson and 80-plus snaps of Harold Landry. It's outrageous. It's criminal what they're asking that man to do. And they have no depth and no pressure as a result. Baker Mayfield had the best half of any quarterback since they began, since next gen stats began tracking advanced analytics. Baker Mayfield, commercial <laughs> quarterback, also a bit of a fraud. Baker Mayfield, best half of any quarterback since 2016 against this Titans team. Well, it was I feel the like best... you can't call him a fraud anymore. You can't call him best... a fraud. Browns quarterback half since a guy named Otto Graham and you know we're going way back <laughs> if we're talking about a guy named Otto because nobody has ever named their little baby Otto in like a million years look at little baby Otto like that's not happening so we're no, going I don't think we're still making autos I, no we're yeah, not I don't, I don't think we're, we're not making autos in the year 2020 uh what I would say to you is yes I still think Baker Mayfield's a fraud Don I just I just don't I think that 
good quarterbacks can be made to look much, much better against a team that pressures you twice throughout the course of a four-hour four football game. Twice. Yeah. He got knocked down once. He got pressured twice. And he was uh, unbothered by what they were doing. It's not, it's not that Baker Mayfield is any kind of world beater, although they made him look like one yesterday. It's that when you cannot affect the quarterback through any variety of ways that you choose to scheme up pressure, unless it's a middle linebacker blitz, which they dialed up, which was ironically one of the lone pressures that they got on him, any professional quarterback, certainly one that was picked first overall, in, uh, in an NFL draft should be able to do that to you. And what Baker Mayfield did was he did that to you very effectively, very efficiently, so much so that all he had to do was cruise in the second half. And uh, it's a nice, I guess, story if you want to uh, give them the benefit of the doubt and say, look at that. They didn't quit. They held the Browns to three second-half points. They got within a score to make it look respectable when we all know damn well whatever they did yesterday at Nissan Stadium wasn't any kind of respectable. In fact, it was a particular kind of pathetic that we have only seen four other times this year, or three other times this year, rather. So what is, and I know Mike Vrabel isn't exactly forthcoming in his media availabilities, um, <laughs> but what, what, uh, what is his response when he's pressed about the inability to get to the quarterback defensively, the inability to put any kind of pressure? And this has been a season long issue for the Titans. What is the answer there? What's the why? What's the how do you fix it? Where are we? Well, I'll say this about Mike Vrabel. He's a hell of a lot more forthcoming after they lose than when they win, uh, to be certain. It's it's. Uh, and frankly, a lot more informative, which I thank him for. <laughs> and not that I'm, you know, not that, uh, not that it's more helpful to us when they lose, but certainly it's more helpful to understand what's mm -hmm. happening when they lose. And essentially the answer, Don, is listen, I got the players that I got. Like we, yeah. we can only, you yeah. tell me who I got this week and I'll try to coach them up. And if the talent level is so disparate that we cannot get pressure with the players that we got, well, the, and I'm paraphrasing, of course. Here, this is this yes. is I would I would I would I would pay good money for him to say this in a press conference, but uh, you know the the other analysis that Mike Frable gave, which I'm not really paraphrasing, is don't do dumb bleep that hurts the team. That was a quote today. Don't do dumb bleep that hurts the team. So you can't do that. You can't get pressure because you got the uh, you're, you're running out there with two guys who were undrafted rookie free agents. And Harold Landry, who's playing, a, again, a criminal amount of football right now for anybody, especially this late in the year, and especially with no clear, as we mentioned, no clear and obvious path to alleviate his snap count. These are the players that they have available to them. And if they're not good enough, well, then it's going to fail. And that's not, that's not what Mike Vrabel said by any stretch of the imagination. But what he's telling us is, yeah, I mean, they tell, they tell us who we have to coach up. We try and coach them up. They can't get it done. We try and figure out another way. And to this point, they have figured out another way in eight games and not done it in four. Here's the quote. Vrabel said this about the penalties and the losing of composure. Quote, the message is, don't do dumb S-bomb to hurt the team. <laughs> don't do That's dumb the greatest blue. quote of the press conference. 
bless him. And I, uh, I, I, I immediately thought of, uh, of radio producers everywhere who had to scramble for the dump button in the middle of that yes. press conference because I'm sure people were running that live, even though it was a little late, which I was very much looking forward to a sassy Brable today, given that uh, he had some, we all had some technical difficulties and whatever that would bear out. But yeah, don't do dumb bleep to hurt the team. And also, we have who we have. And at this point in the season, they have who we have, which is why I'm saying there's no, there's no way to rectify this. Because there's no there's no white pass rushing knight that's coming over <laughs> that's coming out that's sprinting over to St. Thomas Sports Park to come rescue them from their inadequacies. They are a limited football team, and they are, have been exposed by people who have been able to exploit their limitations. And in four games this season, they have been held scoreless in the first quarter against Denver, against Cincinnati, against Pittsburgh, and against Cleveland. They won one of those games, and they lost the other three. The AFC North teams outside of Baltimore, who took them to overtime, so made them work for it at least, the other three AFC teams, all of whom they lost to, held them scoreless in the first quarter, and everything snowballed from there. It's interesting. Did you, did you think that it was a weird decision to not take the ball after winning the toss in a game where everyone kind of talked about the need to get the lead early. They did that too against the Ravens. And that's been kind of a talking point with this defense all year. I just, I think, I think there's a belief in self, which, you know, thank God somebody believes in them as a defense because I sure as hell don't. I don't know how many people do (laughs) watching them out there, but at least there is, I mean, to their credit, it's like, it's, I, I relate it to only because I talked about this today on the podcast. I related to Philip Fulmer after the Vols beat Indiana and he's in front of a a booster luncheon and he says the Vols are back and we're going to get a piece of everybody's ass. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a six-game losing streak in the Vols' future that he doesn't see coming. But there's a belief in self that I do have to respect to a degree. So at least somebody in that organization believes that the Tennessee Titans defensively are capable of forcing a stop. And by the way, they got, they got the stop. Like, yeah. they, they gave up the chunk plays, they held them to a field goal, and then the call goes the other way uh, in, against them with Derrick Henry on the fourth and one, and you can nitpick the, 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 the play to Aaron Brewer, but, like, I'm really not that mad at it. If, if they get it, they, they, he looks like a genius. Don, they're going to go for it on fourth and one anyway. So do I care that they tried something cute on third down? Not really. It's just, honestly, it was a I completely disagree with you. You're absolutely well, wrong on that. Why am I absolutely wrong if they're going to go for it on fourth down anyway? Why? Because if you if you hand the ball to Derrick Henry on third down, then you're an easy quarterback sneak, even if you don't get it. Why are we trying to get cute? Why are we getting cute? There's no need to get cute. I mean Some people like to feel cute, Don. No, no. I it's it's overthinking. Even this, Aaron is, Brewer. this is my one critique of of Arthur Smith, by the way. Uh you know yeah. I love me some Arthur Smith. I love when when things are rolling, I love what he does offensively, whatever. My one critique is that sometimes I feel like we overthink it. Like he's too smart. Like like Fitzmagic. He's too smart. Sometimes he overthinks the play. He overthinks the game. Don't overthink it. Don't get cute. 
do what you need to do to put yourself in a position to where, okay, you're going for it on fourth down. It's super easy. End of story. Anyway, but there's that's... Val- Listen, no, but there's valid points to be made, right? There's, there's play calling inside the, inside the 20-yard line where they're throwing it when they should be running it and all of these things that are easy yeah. to criticize in retrospect and probably to a degree right. All I'll say to you is that Derrick Henry gets that, gets that fourth and one nine times out of ten. So for what the play call was, and by the way, I don't think that was Tannehill's first read. Like, I don't think the initial read was to throw to Aaron Brewer. Right. He ends up throwing I the ball to Aaron that. Brewer. And everybody, you know, everybody freaks out because there's the optics are terrible. Yes. They're throwing to a backup offensive lineman on third and one. Like, I totally understand that. It's just and then the they totally the get trolled is. by Baker doing it later. For yeah. school. And they oh, throw, yeah. it, and then and they throw a touchdown and then pass like, with it. And yes. leaving number 70 wide the hell open in the end yeah. zone. And Kevin Byard and Harold Landry just stand around looking at each other like, what? What just happened here? Well, they did, they they got you back. It happens, okay? It happens, and it blew up in their face. And honestly, I would prefer them be confident in their play calling than second-guess themselves. That's what we are for, okay? We are professional <laughs> second-guessers. We're clearly doing a great job of it, yeah. For, I, I'm, I, listen, I'm a pro. The two of you were pros, okay? <laughs> we will professionally second-guess every call up and down the field. For what they ended up doing, I'm not all that mad about it. Although, if you want to talk about turning points in a game, that's a big one. It happens. Professional uh, gas bagger Buck Rising from A to Z Sports with us on 3HL. I do have a question for you. This is kind of broad picture because we're talking about the deficiencies of this defense. I'm curious when you look at what is happening on that side of the ball, who or maybe what? No, I'm going to go with who. Who are you maybe most disappointed with at this point in the season? Somebody maybe you felt was uh, was going to be on a different level this year. And and there and I get that there's a lot that goes into it. There's no Dean Pease. Um, you know, how does that change things? I, I think no Logan Ryan significantly changes what they are able to do defensively. Um, so and, and I get there's, you know, Jarrell Casey is gone. There's changes. I understand. But who would you point out and say, OK, I'm really surprised and disappointed that this is what we're getting from. Buck. Oh, player. Uh, OK, so players that are still active, like players that are available. Or, or just a, you, well, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Go any way you want with it. But yes, I was pointing to an active player that we're not seeing. Maybe we're not getting what we need to, what we should, what we expected. Sure, I think I think probably, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this answer. The the of the of the players remaining that are not dragging a leg and on injured reserve somewhere. It's Rashawn Evans. Of the players who are unavailable, it's it's Jadavion Clowney. Ten times out of ten, right? You got you got right. literally you got a handful of pressures, uh, nineteen tackles, a few passes defensed, and and what you know? Zero it's, sacks. It's, yeah, it's the thing that's supposed to tip your uh, tip the the odds in your favor as a Super Bowl contender, and it lands flat on its face. Now the Rashawn Evans thing, I think that there are that there are things that he does really well. I think there are things that frustrate you. I think that whatever he does, he plays at full speed 110% of the time. And so if you're going to make a mistake, make a mistake fast and aggressive, right? But there are mistakes that he's making. And he's a first-round pick. You would like to see the development of him 
come along a little faster. Now, I think a lot of the changing parts around there, maybe that stunts his growth a little bit. I don't know. I, I would like, I think, yes. I think that there are, there are, there are plenty of reasons to explain why you're not seeing a better version of Rashawn Evans. But like the thing that I'm pissed about, if I'm a Titans fan, is Jadavion Clowney, because there are, you, you, you do that deal again, uh, 10 times out of 10, you do that deal again, no matter how many times uh, Jadavion Clowney is available on the free market, no matter, you know, within reason, how much it costs you. Cause you got, you, I mean, what's it cost you on a one-year deal? It costs you the money that you needed to spend, on free agents anywhere. Now, maybe you go back and say, well, if you if you didn't draft Isaiah Wilson and you got somebody who could help you rush the passer in the first round or even in the second round or in the third round where you're not getting anything out of these rookies uh, at this point, although Darrington Evans was activated today from injured reserve, so perhaps you will see more of that. But right now you have six running backs on the active roster. Anyway, I digress. Your issues this <laughs> offseason were uh, pass rush, and depth along the offensive line. You tried to do things to address both. They both fell flat on their face. And right now, the thing that's costing you more is the fact that your defense, they, they are just at times ineffective, and they will be exposed in the postseason when they make it. What's coming up for Buck Rising on A to Z Sports? We got a primetime show. If you want to throw us a follow at A to Z Sports, I will be talking about this very transaction, Jadavion Clowney, because many people are calling this John Robinson's worst offseason of his five-year Tennessee Titans tenure, and I would push back on that notion with a couple of things that I will discuss tonight on your favorite streaming platforms. At Buck Rising, at A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports, Nashville.com. Thank you, Buck. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Lovely to see you both. All right, when we come back, we'll take an early look at point spreads for the games coming up this week. That's next to HL 104.5 The Zone. For HL powered by the Tennessee Lottery on 104.5 The Zone. Can't get the football game. So uh, I found a movie, The Descendants, uh, George Clooney deal. It's a beautiful film, Don. Have you seen it? What are you beautiful? Yeah, why beautiful. is it beautiful? Why? How do you describe? Why do you describe it as beautiful? It's the best word I can think of for for the story and also uh, the scenery and it's shot in Hawaii. Um, okay, so it's, scenery it's, is beautiful, but that's yeah. not how. I mean, you're talking about like the story. You're yeah, so sappy. I like, I like the I, I I like sappy. Like I grew up only child, single mom, so I like these family drama deals, and it's like a dad. <laughs> dealing with the death of his spouse and that's not giving anything away because they they tell you that in the very first scene but then he's got daughters he's trying to raise and he's trying to figure out life you know um and it's just a beautiful film and we talked about that during the break <laughs> okay. and, and you doubted my use of the word you were surprised by the use of my word beautiful and then ryan albany's got on the mic and said it is a beautiful film it is yeah oh, yeah check it out i don't know okay uh, Toy Field coming up tomorrow, presented by T-Mobile uh, at Nissan Stadium. We will be on site as a radio station from 6 a.m. until 7 p.m. at the East Concourse entrance by Gate 1 next to the Titans Pro Shop. This is the 13th year for this event, and you guys are amazing as we collect toys for kids uh, in need and seniors Um and, and it benefits the Salvation Army's Forgotten Angel program. So uh, you can come by. Uh, we're doing curbside drop-off drop off 
uh, this year. Uh, we do that every year, but uh, certainly uh, with everything that's going on, uh, if you want to stay in your vehicle, please feel free to do that. Uh, but uh, just drop by and drop off an unwrapped toy or gift for a senior, again, to benefit the Salvation Army's Forgotten Angels. Um, and uh, don't forget to mask up if you come see us. We would love to see you. Help us create miracle moments for families in our community. Um, it's absolutely amazing. And like Brett Kern has come by with gifts and Taylor Lewan and his wife uh, have come by with gifts and uh, so many people um, that, that you would recognize uh, get involved too, just, just because they're out and about listening and, and they, they come by. Um, and so many of you guys come by too, and not just with one toy, uh, trunk loads of toys. And, and we really appreciate that. Um, so toy field is tomorrow where we are uh, trying to help out the Salvation Army's Forgotten Angels program all day. So you can come in the morning, come in the middle of the day, come in, come in the evening. Whenever, it's whenever one of my favorite it. things we do. It is. And That's so we, we have this like AstroTurf football field and we just start putting the gifts on the football field and gradually we fill up the whole thing and not we, you, you guys fill it up. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, so we certainly appreciate that. Coming up next is the Mike Vrabel show real quick. Uh, some uh, early looks at the point spreads Auburn at Mississippi state Auburn favored by seven and a half in that mm-hmm. one. Ole Miss at Texas A&M, Aggies by 15, Alabama at Arkansas, Bama by 31, Georgia at Missouri, Bulldogs by 15. Um, Ole Miss at Texas A&M canceled for Saturday. Boom. There you go. Okay. Let me ask you this. Vanderbilt is low on numbers. We know that. What if Vandy can't play? Tennessee Vandy canceled and we get Ole Miss. I mean, sorry, we get Tennessee and Texas, Texas A&M. A&M. I, I can think see that, that happening. I think that could happen, yeah, because A&M doesn't want any part of the 19th, and neither does Tennessee, probably, Correct. because it's right in the middle of the recruiting deal. Tennessee, by the way, at Vanderbilt, favored by 14. Florida, favored at home against LSU by 23. And Michigan, a 30-point underdog to Ohio State. Navy on the road at Army. They're actually playing this game on campus at Army. Six and a half. Uh, Army is the favorite. The Mike Vrabel Show is next. Stay tuned. This is 104.5 The Zone.